0: Hi, Hello, Ola, and Hello. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, but Podcast. A podcast about getting knocked up in a foreign country, families living abroad, and raising children in a different culture. All while trying to keep your cool and not lose your shit. I'm your host, Jackie. An American Filipino mom living in Denmark, and my kids think I'm cool, but... I've been putting my kids to bed a little early uh, this time around. And that is just because um, with school, they've been out a lot, and they've been playing a lot outside. So I've been putting them to bed pretty early. And also it gives me time to work on my kiddly.com website and um, they get a little bit of rest and also I get to work a little bit more on my website. If you guys listen to my bi-weekly Aarhus radio show, um, I usually do an episode on what to do in Aarhus or around Aarhus or in Denmark on what to do with your kids. So that is what I've been working on lately. But now let's just get back into my episode today. Uh, My kids think I'm Cool but Podcast. Today's episode is about a blog writer who lives in Denmark. Uh, she and her husband are from the same country, India, and have moved to Denmark and are raising their son. We'll be talking about their cultural experience in Denmark, her amazing blog where she writes all her experiences in, and uh, from picking a house or picking a school, and so much more. So let me introduce you all to Kowal. And I'm probably going to let her say her name because it's pretty it's pretty long. And if you guys have been listening to my podcast, I ruin a lot of people's names. So I don't want to do that for her. Um, she's currently working full-time on her day job as a, in finance. But in um, her spare time, she writes amazing blogs about her experience living in Denmark. So let's get into the interview Thank you, Kawal, for um, being part of this podcast and sharing your experience to the listeners.
1: Likewise, thank you for having me here.
0: And I want you to say your name um, so I don't ruin it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I know I know it's you uh, know you're not the first
1: one who is finding it challenging, but uh, yeah, my name is Kawal and if you see the spelling of my name, I have K-A-N. So N is silent, but yeah, Kaval is perfect
0: and you are pronouncing it perfectly fine. Okay, that's what threw me off was the N. When I was looking at it, I was like, oh my gosh, have I been spelling it wrong or typing her wrong? So thank mm-hmm. you for saying the N was uh, wrong So uh, or uh, silent. So I'm really happy that you cleared that up for me. So before we get into this podcast... Um, I, You and I, we talked right before we do the recording and we had so much in common in moving into Denmark. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and why you're here in Denmark? Sure. So I'm a 33-year-old beautiful
1: Indian woman. I like to say that. But uh, yeah, uh, someone who likes to talk a lot and uh, have her thoughts overflowing, which is why I decided to channelize them into a blog. Uh, I'm also a finance professional, and after working in this field for 10 years, I can say with confidence that it is. I did choose a boring field, but uh, hey, uh, it, it earns my shopping, so I love it. So uh, that's my life, and I'm married, uh, and I have a
0: three-year-old kid who I'm raising in Denmark with my husband, and I live in Copenhagen in Amar. Yeah, Um with the, the finance, I think that's super important. I know you said it's boring, but it's so so important to know finance in, in general, um, in professional and also in everyday life. <laughs> um, yeah. So the famous question that we all hear as internationals here in Denmark. So how did you end up living in Denmark?
1: Um, yeah, I can answer it by saying fate and destiny like all of us or most of us. But yes, I was working in Mumbai until 2015, um, beginning of 15, and I was I had a lovely job and a lavish life. I had domestic health, which a lot of Indians miss here. Uh, and then my husband was moved from India to Denmark for his job, uh, and then I accompanied him. Uh, and Basically, I arrived jobless in Denmark, and I've written about it in one of the blogs where uh, how difficult it was for me to find a job. But yes, the basic reason why I moved to Denmark was because of my husband's job.
0: Yeah, and you said that uh, domestic help is um, so different and is useful in India. And now here in Denmark, it's really not common. (laughs) And I found that really shocking um, that it's not common here. And Um, parents that come move here that are so used to that it's such a different life for them to take care of take care of everything by themselves but you can you can get it but it's pretty uh, the price is different from I I bet from India compared to Denmark (laughs) for having someone to help you definitely
1: yeah Uh, that's the big reason why a lot of people don't hire help here as much as they do in their own country
0: yeah I would love, love to have it, but when I look at the price, just like, wow, <laughs> that's like almost <laughs> a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, true. So, what was, um, when you moved here from India, with, well, it was just with your husband first, right? What was your biggest culture shock when you first moved here?
1: I remember that uh, being shocked by the fact that moms leave their babies in prams outside cafes and homes. And I still remember, I heard this for the first time when I was at food table with my colleagues in my first company. And I was like, okay, she must be joking when she said that. And, uh, but when others on the table who were sitting at the table with us confirmed this fact and then she looked at me with serious eyes, I was like, okay, I have to believe her, it is true. So it was difficult for me to gulp down that fact, but I still couldn't fully trust them. As soon as I came back to desk, I remember Googling it and it turned out that people do that here. And now it is so funny that I myself have resorted to this several times as a mother in Denmark. So, yeah, you, you change a lot uh, based on the culture you are living in.
0: So when you told your friends and family back in India that your baby sleeps outside, what was their reaction? <laughs> I remember my mom telling me
1: that you don't do that they, <laughs> they believe not just in physical powers like someone will because just just for example if one would imagine leaving their kid outside in in a pram or in a in a uh, baby stroller outside in India there's a high chance that will kid will be kidnapped in a few minutes so that's the that's the first concern uh, not not always because there are safe societies also and all that, but weather-wise, also India is not uh, a nice country to leave your kid outside because we live in, in air conditioners and are under the fan for most of the time in the year. And then my my mom knows that the weather is uh, really nice to be outside in Denmark, especially when you cover your baby well. But what was her concern was, and some people may find it funny, but there are some powers. In the environment, you can't see them, but they can bother the baby and it's not good for them to be uh, among those powers. Mm -hmm. So you don't do that. So, yeah, I I did that, but I never told her.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I told my mom... Um that my daughter when I had my first my first child, my daughter slept outside. She I seriously thought she was gonna fly over here and take the baby home because she's like, I don't <laughs> trust it. I I can't believe your baby sleeps outside. And even when she came to visit, she was just like, Your baby doesn't sleep outside when I'm here <laughs> I was like, But she sleeps longer and better and she accept accepts it now and she understands that the baby actually sleeps longer and it's more peaceful outside for uh, a time being when when they're small, <laughs> so she, she I thought she was gonna call the police on me. <laughs> it's like child neglect
1: yeah. over here. Yeah, actually, I heard about a case uh, in the U.S. where uh, a Danish woman was subjected to this, like someone called police on her. And then, yeah, it was a case. You you remember when I said I Googled about it? That's when I read about this famous case in the U.S. that happened with a Danish lady. So it, it does happen. People from other cultures do not understand it immediately. And people like us take time to register that in our minds.
0: Yeah, I've heard of that uh, story too, and I was also shocked. I was like, wow, um, my my baby would sleep outside in California when it's not that hot, but like in the garage under a shed or something in the back because she sleeps better outside. So my mom would accept that, but my mom would just put the chair next to the <laughs> to the stroller to watch her. I was like, okay. <laughs> What was yeah. your um, first impression of Denmark when uh, before you moved moved here?
1: Actually, before permanently settling down here in Denmark, I visited Denmark as a tourist a year earlier, mm-hmm. before uh, uh, yeah we moved here, and at that time we were living in an apartment uh, near shopping street in Copenhagen. So, so my first impression uh, about Denmark at that time was that. It's a very lively country and there are a lot of people and it's it's fun to be here. And then before I came here, like that was just a two two weeks long trip. So I can say that I did not see much of Denmark. But my general impression has been that Denmark is a very happy country because of its constant high ranking and happiness index all over the world. And I had this impression that Denmark is uh, a very free country. People with broad mind are living here and uh, Yeah. I, I was expecting a huge shift in culture uh, moving from India to Denmark. And it is uh, the r- right expectation for anyone coming from Asia, but not everything that I expected was right.
0: Yeah. What was what was the right expectation that you thought was like, oh, okay, yeah, I really expected that. And that really was your expectation uh, when you moved to Denmark? I think uh, that
1: That is about the broad-mindedness of uh, Danes. Like something that I already knew that Europeans in general are more broad-minded than Asians. Also because I was working for a company uh, in India where the headquarter was in Munich, Germany. So I had some business trips from India to Germany. So I had a fair idea of how Europe is like. And um, I found Denmark even more better and more broad-minded than I imagined it to be so that was kind of my right expectation about Denmark
0: so it's a little bit more free and relaxed here compared to in India you would think yeah yeah so like I love Indian traditions but there are times
1: when I find them a bit restrictive and I'm, I'm myself a person who likes to stay free and uh, free from any kind of interference or restrictions so in in that sense I I really
0: love Denmark so now, since you've been living here in Denmark for a while now, uh, how is it especially having a family um, with the expectation of in India and also in Denmark of having a family?
1: Yeah, there are umpteen differences between India and Denmark uh, also in terms of having a family. It starts right from pregnancy. For example, um when you get pregnant in India there's a long list of do's and don'ts that you have to keep in mind uh, during your pregnancy and i remember when i went for my first appointment with my gp as, as a, a pregnant woman i was surprised that he did not tell me to do anything differently uh, being being pregnant now so so it started there and now as it as it progressed i'm liking more and more about how for example uh, fathers are involved here in parenthood as much as mothers i I see that it's almost equal and far more father has a far more uh, bigger role to play here than I would expect uh, a father in India for example uh, the number of dads that you see in nappy changing rooms or the number of dads that you see pushing prams on streets that that gives me this this impression that that Denmark, uh, the equality in, in Denmark is much more than uh, a lot of countries in the world. Even if not perfectly equal, it's still at a higher rate than, than the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that here in Denmark, too, that the dads are way more involved uh, with the babies' life um, or raising them, not just, you know, by giving maternity leave or paternity leave, but also um, getting involved while they're going out with with the kids. So I thought that was really interesting and pretty amazing to see how involved they are compared to other countries or even in the U.S. Because in the U.S. they don't give uh, you paternity leave. You get, I think, like only a week to spend time with your baby, and then you're back at work. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Especially when you're a first-time dad, it's like you want to take that in. Um,
1: Yeah and
0: be with the with the family as much as possible.
1: I think one point that I would like to highlight here is that the the difference is definitely in terms of paternity leave as you said, but it is also in the attitude of dads. For example, here I feel that dads are not ashamed of being doing nappy changing for example or uh, uh, taking care of kids or taking two or three months off from their work to take care of the kids, taking them for swimming sessions. And like, you know, even in the baby stage. But but in India, I, for example, I, I went on a trip to India recently in December and uh, my husband was changing diaper for my son. And then uh, one of the relatives came and said, "Oh, your son, your husband is changing the diaper. He's so nice. You are so lucky to have him as your husband." And I really wanted to tell her that I know I'm lucky that I have I have him as my husband because he's definitely a nice person to be married to, mm-hmm. but I'm not lucky because he's changing diaper. Come on. Like yeah. if I can change so many diapers a day, it's not a big deal if he's changing once or twice or thrice. So, yeah. So that's the difference. Like they take pride here. They don't feel ashamed of doing the job that, that belongs to them.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting to hear that, you know, in India, it's such a different culture on the perspective of a dad uh, versus mm. here here in Denmark. Um, how do you balance the culture with your family, you know, living in Denmark and the surroundings is such a big influence in children's lives. How do you remind? How do? You, how will you remind your son that uh, there's another culture also, not just Danish culture, but also another culture that he's tied to?
1: Yeah. I definitely want him to be aware of Indian culture, Indian festivals and traditions. So the first thing that we have ensured as parents is that he speaks our native language. Also because when he talks to his grandparents and cousins, uncles and aunts uh, in India, then it's, it's important that he speaks the language so that he can connect with them. Uh, so in, in at home, actually, my son is trilingual. So at home, he's speaking Hindi with me, English with my uh, husband, because English is also considered very important and from where I'm coming from. And then he's speaking Danish in his Fugastu. So um, that's one way of ensuring that he's connected to our culture. And uh, other thing is, for example, whenever Indian festivals uh, arrive, we... Join these uh, big gatherings organized by, for example, a group on Facebook called Indians in Denmark. We register for that. We participate with our friends. And sometimes, for example, in Corona during pandemic, a lot of these events were canceled. So I organized gatherings, small gatherings at my home with four or five friends just to feel the vibe of the festival. So that gives us a chance to wear traditional clothes, uh, enjoy Indian delicacies and uh, follow our traditions. So that is how I ensure that he's connected to Indian culture.
0: That's so amazing that you try to keep the celebration of festivals, because I know you guys have a lot of festival <laughs> festivals, and that you ensure that your son grows up with it, even though you're not in India, but you celebrate it here amongst friends, um, in, even in your own home, um, to ensure that he has that. And that that's really amazing that you do that. And it's important to your family and himself uh, to learn it. You had your son here in Denmark. How is it uh, different from having children in Denmark versus in India? How would you uh, describe the two differences? Um, in
1: India, like if you, for example, talk of the pressure that you carry as a mother. Uh, in India, you always uh, strive to have your kid uh, be talented, like and the. the the atmosphere in India in general is very competitive. Um, kids start speaking English at a very young age. Um, and, yeah, the general perception is that if uh, a kid is speaking English, well-dressed, has good educates, then uh, the motherhood is going good and uh, he has got a good mother. Uh, but in, in Denmark, it's a bit different in my view. For example, here the importance is more of... Uh, how you balance your work life and uh, take out time for your kids, uh, how close uh, your kid feels uh, to you and um, how you behave with them in in general and also in public. So that's the difference in my view. And also in India, um, for example, elders are respected a lot more. Uh, You can't call them by their names but in Denmark it's it's totally common for a five-year-old kid to call another man of 40-year-old by his name so that's that's a slight difference between our culture and and, uh, and Danish culture so I'm trying to pick best of both for my kid and raise him in the best way I can
0: yeah I can understand that with the um with the hierarchy, not hierarchy, but um, an old, when you say the first name of someone older than you, that would also never happen from the Philippines because I, I was born in the Philippines, but raised in the U.S., so I kind of have both cultures at the same time, but I would never call my aunt, like, by his um, my uncle by his first name because that's just not right. Or even anyone older, um, even if it's a young younger person, that's two or three older old uh, two two or three years older than me. I we can't call them by their first name. We have to have a this special name first and then their first name. And I grew up with that and then it kind of uh, went away a little bit as as I got older too. But yeah. I think I got more Americanized too. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. So yeah that's That's really great that you do that with um, your son, just have the balance of Denmark culture and then also um, the Indian culture. Um, How was your maternity leave in India? Is it the same as in Denmark, uh, the one year, or is it much shorter? Or how how is it in India with the maternity leave?
1: Uh, when I left India, it was three months uh, for the mother. And now it has uh, increased to six months, So, which I believe is a step in the right direction. Uh, but sadly, for fathers, it's only five days or a week, you can call it. But some of the international companies in India also offer three weeks of paternity leave. But by law, it's only a week, as per my knowledge.
0: So, oh, so they went up to six months. That's really, really nice because I can yeah. remember... Um, when I first had my baby and it was a three month mark and I was like, I can't even imagine going back to work right now because you're just exhausted and tired. And then I see all my friends going back to work, ready to go work. I was like, wow, it's like, you guys are (laughs) pretty amazing for going back to work so early. (laughs) Did you take your full full year, um, maternity leave or did you go back a bit earlier? Um, I was away from work for 10 months. Okay.
1: So, yeah, that's when my uh, actually for the last two months, it was my husband using his paternity leave. So that is how my hus- uh, my son got someone by his side for one full year.
0: Yeah. OK. I did. We did the same. I went back to work a little bit earlier. I think uh, nine months I did it. And then my my whoops, my son, uh, my, my son, sorry, my husband took over from there. <laughs> So okay. it's it's nice that they also have that, and it, they're all, much older, so they don't rely on your your breast so much <laughs> or just yourself. So they kind of yeah. know um, that that's dad. And I'm glad that I, I left the difficult part of transitioning
1: him into to on my husband. Because for a mother, it's always more difficult to do that. And also for a baby to leave his mother, I believe, is more difficult than leaving his father. So I think a transition would have been difficult from both ends had I done uh, it for, for my son. So I'm glad he took care of that part and he did
0: really well. I completely forgot about that transition period, about dropping off your your child and then leaving my daughter had a really hard time then my son was just like peace out i was (laughs) like wow really okay (laughs) you you feel a little bad inside yeah i was like
1: some tears and hugging and all that from your son yeah i was like
0: we spent nine months together every day (laughs) and this is what i get not even like a hug it was like a wave and then he walked in with his teacher i was like (laughs) yeah I I did one trial period I literally did one trial period with him and this and then the teacher said oh he's fine you can just leave him tomorrow I was like what I'm on you know there's a two week trial." I was like no he looks like he's fine he's not missing you I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) I would say you were lucky but
1: of course I know what you feel
0: (laughs) yeah I also everyone's like oh you're lucky you didn't get the crying and the the uh, worrying you got the complete like peace out I'm leaving I was like but I wanted the other one too at the same time (laughs) secretly I think (laughs) yeah we have a lot of secret wishes as a mother yeah it's funny it's because you secretly want that but when you get it you're just like oh why can't you just be easy (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know um, let's get into your uh, blog and why you created it. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit about the blog and uh, what it's about and the reason why you created the blog for other internationals or for yourself? Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, so I like writing, and but I never considered writing as a career option. Um And then when I put some posts on Facebook or LinkedIn, like the long posts that people read and admired, and I got a positive feedback, feedback not just from my friends and family, but others also who read it. And uh, I I heard that I should have a flow in writing and I should consider writing something in my life. Uh, My aim is to write a book someday, but I thought I can start with a blog. So uh, when I went on maternity leave, it felt like it was the right time for me to act on this decision of starting a blog. And it was kind of on my I made a to do list, actually, when I went on maternity leave. I have to learn driving, get a license. I have to start a blog. I have to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then when I was approaching the end of my maternity leave. That's when I published my first blog. And. Uh, I have a section called motherhood. So my first blog was about motherhood, but I eventually also shifted to writing blogs about expat life because I felt that uh, there is a gap there to be filled. Uh, There are a lot of things that expats like us don't know when they arrive. And uh, one of the reason is that there's a language barrier. A lot of information is available in Danish. So you have to approach your colleagues, your friends who know Danish or who who know the system here, to help you with several things. So I, I thought that it would be a nice idea to help others with with information that I have gathered as an expat over these years, which is why I have a section called uh, Life in Denmark where I publish blogs about several things, for example, job, how I got my first job, how we bought a home, Uh, how I earned my license here, how was my maternity leave experience, what things I did, what activities I could do, and so on.
0: Yeah, I was uh, reading some of them. And it's so interesting, because when I moved here, I kind of just googled whatever, and then there's just so much information. But like you said, they were either in Danish, I had to Google Translate them, or I had to go to my colleagues and ask, like, for example, how to set up my NEM ID. I was like, what the heck is a NEM ID? (laughs) So it's like all these little things that you have to um, set up. But I'm lucky that my husband is Dane. So he kind of helped me along the way. But with you and your husband, you guys aren't from here. So you're definitely learning from like, the start like to learn everything from going to the commune to registering to yeah there's a lot of things to learn um when you're moving abroad and you address them on your blog especially with the house buying uh how to pick the school and then even the driver's license thing so you learn you learned how to drive in Denmark uh Actually, I used to drive in India. I had a car which I sold
1: before coming here. But in India, it's the other side of the of the road that you drive on. So that was one thing that I had to get used to. And another thing is that it's it's not a secret to anyone that Danish uh, traffic laws are much more strict than they are in India. So <laughs> there are a lot of right hand give duty, absolute give duty, a lot of things that I had to learn. So. Um, I converted my Indian license to D- Danish license. I think I only skipped one or two things, but I did give a proper theory test and a practical theory test here in Denmark.
0: Yeah, I also had to do that. Um, for some reason, in the U.S., they didn't let the U.S. Uh, driver's license transfer, so I had to like start from square one. Which oh. they yeah they finally changed it like I think two years ago. Um, but I took my retake, uh, 2015, uh, because I had to retake everything and pay the money like I had was never driving before. So that was pretty ridiculous. And then they approved like, uh, 2017 or no, 2018, they approved that. Oh, okay. If you have us license, you don't have to take the test or do anything. You can just transfer. I was like, can, does this include refunds? (laughs) because it's not cheap to get your license here in
1: Denmark. Not at all. It's it's uh, I was talking to someone uh, some other Indian expat who's living in the UK and uh, we were just talking about the driving license process and fees and I it turned out that Danish getting a Danish driving license is uh, far more expensive than getting one in the UK. Also
0: so in the in the US, I think it's much less and I think when you turn 18, it's free. You just need to take the test as long as you pass everything. It's the classes. Uh, you don't even oh. need to take any of these classes. Uh, you don't need to take uh, take anyone around. As long as you pass the the uh, theory and then the driving test, it's, it's fine. You don't have to pay anyone. But if you want to take it when you're younger, because in the U.S., you can get your permit at 15 years old. I was driving at 15 years old wow yeah that's now I think about it I was like man I was like a baby in a motor vehicle (laughs) driving around (laughs) so yeah in Denmark it's definitely much more strict Um, but I'm happy I took it because there was some signs that I didn't even know what they were uh, what they were about and I was just kind of Probably I was breaking the law by not following that sign. I didn't know. (laughs) So it's a good thing I took the test. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I'm also glad that I took the test. And I'm also glad that I failed it once. Because I remember, you know, these policemen, Danish policemen with tall... And they are definitely much taller than average Indian height. And then when one of them sat next to me, the first police guy who was going to approve my uh, driving license... Uh, When I took the practical driving test, he was sitting next to me and I felt so anxious and nervous that I failed the test in the beginning, like, you know, where you leave the parking area of the driving test. Then and there I failed it because I entered the road when the traffic was coming. And then when my second test happened, my driving teacher told the policeman that this girl knows how to drive, but she's very anxious and nervous. That's her only problem. So the police guy came to me and said, you know what? Don't be afraid of me, see, I'm not carrying any guns <laughs> and and that time I did clear, but it's it, it's not just the process, it's also about a policeman sitting next to you and it for me it was important how his personality was. A friendly policeman was easier for me to clear the the tra- driving test so yeah, when I, I recall, I realized it's it's a good thing that I failed it in the first time, yeah.
0: Um, that was that's so interesting because I also f- um, with my theory I failed my first time because the theory is actually harder than the practical for me. Uh, the practical I should have uh, pa- failed because <laughs> I <laughs> I answered all the uh, questions wrong um, because I didn't know they were supposed to ask ask you questions. So I failed. Oh. I failed it because. Um, but I. For some reason, he passed me as soon as I was driving. I was comfortable when I was driving. He's like, you obviously been um, driving. And um, I told him, I was like, I've been driving since I was 15 years old. He's like, I could tell that you're very comfortable on the road. But you, you need to practice on, uh, <laughs> on like, the questions and stuff. But he, he passed me anyways. I think one question was like, oh, how, how long should be your um, high beams? And I said 1,000 meters. It's, yeah and this is me just first moving to Denmark and I was still grasping meters and feet
1: because in the U.S. Oh. it's
0: feet so I was like yeah a thousand meters he's like really a thousand meters I was like yeah you know really the really strong ones <laughs> I don't know what I was saying but I think he felt awful for me so he just passed me anyways <laughs> he's like you're a good and driver you have
1: automatic cars in the U.S. isn't it
0: yeah I and I Gosh, I have admitting this, but my license is only automatic. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I guess in Denmark, they only approved it uh, two years prior, but you can have an automatic driver's license if you choose to Mm -hmm. have automatic driver's license. And so um, I chose to just have automatic driver's license. I can drive manual, but uh, I just feel more comfortable in automatic. (laughs) So uh, my my car is automatic and everything. I know the manuals manuals are much cheaper, but... I was like, I just like to relax on the road and not worry about changing gears.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in Australia also, if you, for example, uh, try to hire a car, it's it's all cars are automatic. And in the U.S. also, I saw that. Yeah. In India, also, automatic cars are getting popular. But I remember when we w- wanted to buy a car here, manual mar- the market for manual car is still quite popular here. And I have my license, but I still don't drive manual car.
0: But you took it in manual. Uh,
1: yeah, I have the license okay. for manual, Okay. But I drive automatic.
0: Yeah, I should have maybe just took it in manual, but I was like, ah, I just go automatic. <laughs> I, I'm never going to have a manual car, so. Yeah, so no point. <laughs> no point, yeah. So uh, what influenced you to write your blog and share your experience to the world? Um.
1: As I said, I'm, I'm a very talkative person mm-hmm. and by now you already know it well. So um, I had a lot of thoughts coming in my mind uh, about my daily life, uh, motherhood as a, the journey of motherhood that I stepped on and um, the expat life in general. I also write about feminism. So there were some areas where I, I had some strong thoughts and I've I felt that I should share it. I should have a platform where I could share it with the world and know their view. I like starting conversations and discussions around several topics. So it was one uh, point or purpose was just to share information regarding my expat life, what I have learned here, and also about my motherhood, uh, some, some tips for new mothers. But another intention was also to to start discussions around, for example, feminism and equality and uh, things that women face and uh, are not talked so much uh, in, in various forums. So to start a dialogue on, on the topics that I felt was, uh, were not getting enough attention, I I thought that I, I can use my blog for all that. So that that is why now, if you go on my blog, you will see there are four categories. One is feminism. Uh, another one is motherhood. And the third one is uh, life in Denmark, which is focused on expats. And the fourth one is life in general, like my daily life experiences I share
0: there. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you had a whole bunch of different um, kind of, not topics, but different uh, sections of what you are strongly believe in or you love writing. So thank, thank you for that. And I was looking into... You're living in Denmark. Um, your blog is so helpful there and I wish I found it when I first moved to Denmark because i I found it very helpful, especially when the link that you provided for the pension. I also did that mistake of not knowing that my pensions because I've I've changed jobs, my pensions were in different places and I didn't know I was I was paying those fees also and I just not just but like a year ago I put it all in one uh pension scheme and my husband today actually mentioned it's like I we have to look into your pension to see if you know everything's in one I was like I'm pretty sure there there is he's like just let's make sure so that's really great that you um provide that to other internationals because first time people that move here probably won't don't even know that um, Yeah. which blog do you um which blog are you proud of the most um that you shared with your readers
1: If I go by the most widely read and most popular, like where I get most views on, then the two blogs uh, on theory uh, tests, uh, theory driving tests in Denmark and practical driving tests in Denmark are the most read blogs. Uh, And then the one you mentioned, the nine important links links that help me uh, make my life easier uh, as an expat in Denmark. That's also quite popular. And uh, there is one that I wrote about buying a house in Denmark. Uh, that's also something I'm very proud of because I believe that it has helped uh, a lot of people in in embarking on this journey. Uh, and I have also received some messages offline from them to know further about th- this process. So, yeah, these are the blogs that I, I, I feel proud and good about that I have written them.
0: Yeah, because it sounds like that um, you're really changing people's lives with it because uh, instead of them doing it wrong or um, finding it on Google or and it's wrong, um, you're giving them a way, um, a guideline to kind of how to prepare to live in Denmark, how to prepare to buy a house, or even how to prepare to uh, take a driver's license test from, yeah. from the ground, from the start, especially with internationals that don't have a Danish spouse and they're here just... Uh, them and their spouse and they're not from Denmark so it's kind of a yeah. guideline to uh, show them it's like okay this is how you do it these are important links and it's nice to have that and I wish I had it when I first moved to Denmark um, luckily I came alone and wasn't with a family so I can I can make mistakes but I can imagine doing it when I have a family and kids and everything
1: yeah and, and I think not not just the information, like if you have decided to do something and then you look for it and you find something, then that's one thing. But another thing that I came across is that, that there were people who were not even thinking about buying an apartment or a house. But when they read my blog and they they realized that it's not as difficult as they thought it to be, that's when they got a push to... to act in this direction some of them were like oh we are paying rent for so many years probably it would have been a better idea to buy an apartment or whatever we can with this deposit or uh, the down payment that we have and instead of paying rent we pay emi Mm -hmm. so there were there were couples who contacted me with this information like okay so how did you get started like the first step i see in your blog and then there are things that i cannot mention in my blog, like fully, I, I can only share with friends and family about, for example, my internal financial details and uh, location of my home and uh, all that. So, I, those kind of discussions
0: also came up after writing these blogs. So people were reaching out to you asking for a kind of advice and um, how, t- how they get started. Because here I noticed more and more internationals and also Danes, it's common to buy a house. In the U.S. it's not common to buy a house. It's not like um, uh, something's like, oh, we're going to buy a house. And here in Denmark I noticed that more, it's uh, more common to just buy a house instead of renting. And do you feel that the same too? Yeah, I,
1: I think so. Uh, especially Danes. Uh, they live in their own houses, uh, especially if I look at my colleagues around. For for some young students who move from some of the smaller cities in Denmark and then they come to Copenhagen, initially they live in shared apartments with their friends, three or four, uh, two, two flatmates sharing a flat. But when they move with their girlfriends or they start having a family, I see them buying an apartment or a house at this stage. And especially uh, if you talk about expats, if I look back five years back when I was myself uh, new in Denmark, not a lot of expats were uh, investing into a property in Denmark. But now uh, I, I feel personally that more and more expats are feeling confident about investing and buying a property in Denmark because what happens is when you see one of you doing it, one of your friends doing it, then you get the confidence that yes, I can do it because I know. Uh, a lot of families who were afraid that if I buy a property in Denmark, let's say an apartment, and if I have to move back to India after two, three years, then it may happen that my money is stuck if I'm not able to sell it on time. But when people lived here and saw others also selling their apartments within six months, within one year, and also the law that you don't have to sell it immediately if you're leaving Denmark, you can still hold it for one year if I remember it right. So then it's like... They will not have to do a compromise by selling it for a lower price. So all these things, when they understand, it gives them confidence that they can do that. So, yeah, that is why I see a trend that expats are also uh, buying their own apartments and houses in Denmark.
0: Yeah. um, Also with my friends that are internationals, um, like 95 percent of them are actually in an own house they have. And. And then I had a friend that owned the house and decided to move back to France, and her house sold right away, luckily, but she wasn't worried at all or anything because she knew that uh, she had a certain amount of time to sell it. So I think that's nice that you're letting people know. It's like, no, if you you know decide not to stay, you have a, a, a period of time to, to sell, not you need to get out in six months. <laughs> yeah so you're giving giving them reassurance on that with with your blog and it's nice that they're reaching out to you and then you're you're helping helping them along their house buying journey and that's why actually my next episode I would would love for you to talk about uh, how to buy a house Um, how to buy a house and the experience of that for internationals maybe help other internationals um, during this podcast yeah, I think I'll have a lot of stories to share because we have not just
1: bought one but two properties in Denmark until now one apartment and then we realized it was small and then we bought a house. So I have experiences uh, from both of them and yes uh,
0: we should definitely talk about it. Great. Oh, is is the apartment uh, you're renting out now? Is that is that how you're doing? It yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. it's rented out. I'm pretty sure you're not you don't fi- you don't find it hard finding renters because Copenhagen is pretty <laughs> pretty popular <laughs> also on Aarhus it's hard to find houses here there's waiting list the waiting list to rent a house in Aarhus is huge like people are waiting six months sometimes and you can have your dream house and it's like it says 500 uh, people are waiting for this one house and my friend Yay. showed me it and I was like what?
1: <laughs> Actually, that was the big reason why we bought an apartment in the first place because it, it was so difficult to find something in in the area we were looking for, in the budget we were looking for, and the, the size we were looking for. So we were so fed up of, uh, we would go for open houses and then there'll be so many people who were, who were interested in that particular apartment and then we were told that, oh, it went to someone else. It happened so many times with us and we were like, okay, we are not interested in renting an apartment anymore, we'll buy ourselves. So that is how it started, but I, I'm glad how it turned out
0: yeah, that's got to be very frustrating too, especially if you have a family, you're like waiting for a particular house and you have your family here. And also I think it would be good information people moving into Denmark, the first time movers, because there you're just kind of like, oh, where should I move to? Or, you know, you don't even realize there is a waiting list um, in in Denmark. I I didn't know that until they're like, oh, you can't just rent a house. You know, you have to, be be picked for that particular house The you don't choose the house the house chooses you yeah yeah (laughs) it's
1: very different from where i'm coming from because in india if you want to rent something out a broker will show you so many options and then you are the one who is choosing and not the other way around
0: yeah here it's the other way around it's like Mm -hmm. it's like a a job interview (laughs) for an (laughs) apartment yeah um your life in denmark is um you know one of the biggest influence um when as you're writing your blog, uh, what was like a moment where you experienced living in Denmark and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to write this and share it to the world because it's just like everyone needs to know that this happened here in Denmark?
1: Oh, that was uh, this, this time when one of my colleagues got married and she was showing her ring and all and then she just mentioned casually in a lunch conversation that Uh, We, I and my husband have changed our names to something like their first name followed by wife's surname followed by husband's surname. And I was like, oh, wow, your husband adopted your surname. And she's like, yeah, that's going to be his middle name. And I was like, is it is it common here? Or is it your husband setting a trend or something? And then she was like, no, it's it's pretty common for husbands also to adopt wife's surname. And then I heard more and more cases and heard from more and more people about it. And then I was like, I have to write about it. The world should know that how Denmark is uh, stepping towards equality. And uh, especially my readers from Asia should read about it. So I, I remember I have a blog about this that uh, would, you, would you accept your wife's surname as yours after marriage? They do it here.
0: So that's the one that I... Recall in this category, I also was shocked by that. I think that's just most that's uh, most recent that happened because my husband didn't take my surname, but I think he's um, not older; he's younger than me. But uh, it just depends on the um, generation, I guess. But a lot of my younger colleagues uh, that's getting married, they both take the name, and I also thought was like, "What? It's like you're taking your wife's name too." So. I, th- I thought that was great. I was like, that's like equal. I should have mm-hmm. told my husband to take my last name.
1: Would <laughs> <laughs> your husband would take I'm your last name? <laughs> um, Did you ask I him? Doubt. <laughs> I doubt. I never, I never asked him because uh, probably sometimes <laughs> you're afraid of getting into an ugly argument. And sometimes, you know, you don't, when you he- know that a no might come and hurt you, you better not ask that question. Like Like, let the cat be in the bag. Yeah. because it will hurt if it comes out so <laughs> i know he's he's uh, he has become very broad minded especially um uh, just a second i'll have to
0: yeah no problem yeah yeah Kawal's at work so she she's taking time to do this interview and it's so great that she's she's doing it and taking time to do it so if you the listeners yeah. know what um she's doing but she's at work so that's why yeah, it's big difficult silence. to manage
1: work and uh, these interviews at times. But uh, I'm very glad that I chose to speak to you because I'm really enjoying our conversation. But yes, about the about the names, I believe that um, I don't think my husband will adopt my surname <laughs> because um, uh, at the end of the day, he's born and raised in India, and that makes a difference. So he's uh, he's a very broad-minded person. But uh, yeah, when it comes to this, I think he still needs to, uh, yeah, make adapt an effort to and, uh, and <laughs> yeah, adapt with Danish standards.
0: Maybe ask in ten years, <laughs> or maybe
1: I can I can ask my son if he's going to do that with his wife. So I want to be a very cool mother-in-law yeah. who is like, yeah, uh, <laughs> expecting her son also to be a good husband and a broad-minded person.
0: That's I maybe I do that with my son too. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can set a trend together. Yeah. Well, it's the new trend now in in Denmark, so I'm pretty sure they'll probably, if their friends are doing it, they'll be doing it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, When I read your five things that surprised you living in Denmark, what made me really laugh was the toilet one, Uh, the (laughs) typical Danish toilet. And I never really lived in a small uh, flat here in Denmark. I always uh, lived in a bigger, like in a house but can you tell the uh, listeners and explain to the listeners what you wrote about the Danish toilet? I thought it was just so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm not the only expat being surprised with
1: the size of Danish toilets. But uh, as I said, I was my first apartment in Denmark was uh, near Shopping Street, which is like the main city. And I realized later that... All the apartments, like the old apartments in the in the middle of the city, are built like that. Like an apartment can be huge, uh, but the toilet will be small. And uh, I remember that my husband was already living in the in that apartment, and I came from India and I uh, came from the airport, and I asked him where the toilet is in that apartment. And then he said it's next to the kitchen. And I went when I went to the toilet, I was like, okay, so is it like toilet and bathroom are separate here? So where is the latter? And he's like that is it. And I'm like, that is it? Like, how can it be so, so small? Like, if I take shower, then I cannot imagine myself not touching the toilet seat. So, so uh, now I'm living in, in a house with two huge bathrooms. But when I look back at that time, I, I remember that uh, I was, I was really worried about surviving in that that kind of uh, apartment. But if you, for example, go in Fredericksburg here in Copenhagen, almost all the apartments, Fredericksburg is popular for having small toilets. But it's still an expensive
0: area to live in. Good to know. So I won't be moving there. <laughs> <laughs> I like my spacious bathrooms. <laughs> I don't think that's the case in new buildings, but all the old buildings have this. I like counter space. I don't like the small little baby to- uh, sinks that they have here. That you can't even put a toothbrush on because it'll just fall <laughs> off. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those. I need counter space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you're coming from the U.S. I know what you mean. Oh, yeah. I was surprised that they didn't have shower curtains were a thing here. So when you take a shower, the whole bathroom gets wet and all the water just runs through the the whole bathroom, I just found that so frustrating. Don't ever go in socks and, and bathrooms because the whole bathroom would be wet. So I found that very frustrating. Do you have any future blogs that you're going to be writing? Um, yeah, so there is actually one that uh, that is in progress
1: and is going to be published uh, uh, this Saturday. Um, I also invite some guest writers uh, for example, some mothers who want to share their motherhood journey on my blog. So this, this particular blog is uh, from a guest writer who is going to share about what she has learned as a mother from her own kid. So it is a fact that we learn a lot from our own kids. Though they are babies, though they are small, they have a lot to teach us. So she's, she's putting a beautiful perspective in that blog, presenting how she has learned from her own little daughter. And I will not speak more about it, but uh, yeah, it's going to be published this weekend.
0: Oh, great! So the listeners better watch for that one. With the, that's great that you have a uh, guest speakers too, or guest speakers, guest writers guest to yeah. uh, write their experience, not just in Denmark but in general motherhood, because everyone has such different experiences. Your experience is different from my experience, and it's wonderful to hear that uh, people are open to letting people uh, other. Um, mothers know about what they're going through yeah um one more question before we go do you have any advice for any of the new mothers that are coming or expecting mothers that are going to be expecting in Denmark or moving their family into Denmark um my suggestion would be that you should
1: join some Facebook groups, for example, Copenhagen Expat Wives or Indian International Mothers in Copenhagen. So because I, I feel that there are plenty of helpful people on these groups who help you with information and knowledge that they have as an expat. And uh, w- one advice would be that do not panic because... Um, I, I personally, I feel that I und- underestimated Denmark in terms of the availability of uh, items that are exclusive to my culture, for example, Indian groceries. But now I realize that 99% of the uh, cooking stuff for for Indian cooking is available in in Danish markets. So it's just that you need to ask the right people. You should need to know the right shops. But Denmark has everything and has a good setup for a family to settle in and um It it will be a wise thing to start uh, joining these forums or start asking people before you move here and if you can do some preparation from your home country. But uh, at the end of the day, I believe that most of the people find Denmark very secure, safe and uh, perfect place to, to raise their kids
0: I agree with that, um, with raising the kids in Denmark. And that's why I decide to also stay here in Denmark to raise my two kids. My husband always bugs me. He's like, let's go back to, you know, Los Angeles. I was like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Maybe when they are teenagers, we can think about it. Or even when they're adults and they're out of the house, then we can move back. But I think Denmark is just the perfect place, safe um, place for kids and family. And then uh, last question before we get going. What is your favorite place in Denmark for your kids and your family, uh, kids, your son and your family uh, and why? I think in in this for this question my answer would be famous
1: tivoli yeah because i myself love rides and then my son has recently started enjoying some selective rides that suits his age of course uh but tivoli is a nice place to be especially in good weather and that goes for ama beach also mm-hmm. i i stayed close to it for a long time and that's a beautiful man made beach with uh, lively atmosphere there are restaurants and cafes nearby and there are a lot of activities happening especially in summer for all age groups so that's a good place for me and always on my mind when we are planning to go out. And then I like the concept of Leylands here in, in Denmark. And uh, I loved visiting them before the pandemic hit. And now, unfortunately, I do not find it as safe mm-hmm. as I used to before pandemic. But I hope that uh, I, I can again start going there and uh, start enjoying it with my family.
0: Yeah, I was also impressed with the land here in Denmark and how big they are. I don't know if I just didn't notice them because we, I didn't have kids before. Yeah. Or playgrounds, how amazing playgrounds here, uh, not just in Denmark, but in Europe. Um, so I'm just thinking, as like, Are playgrounds always been these like good? Or is it just me that I just never paid attention to them that they're like sound amazing now? Because, you know, you want you want to find a place to burn the kids energy. (laughs) Any chance you can get. (laughs) I thought you were saying you need to find a place to burn the kids. No, burn burn their energy off because my kids wake up like going crazy (laughs) because they need to get out. (laughs) <laughs> and you know uh,
1: in, in one of these laylands when i went for the first time we enjoyed so much and the concept is uh, that you pay only for the kid the adults are free yeah. so and i and my husband were enjoying so much and i realized that i should have come here even before kid we would <laughs> our entry was anyway free <laughs> but it is it is so much fun uh, so much fun not just for the kids but also for the family as a whole
0: yeah, it is. Um I also thought it was like such a great experience. I would have if I'd discovered it before, I probably would have went. <laughs> okay, before we uh, sign off, uh, can you tell the people or the listeners where they can find your website and if you have any social media pages so they can follow you on your writing or read these amazing blogs you wrote about from finding uh, a house, uh, driving exams and uh, everything of your blogs. Uh, Yeah, so I have a Facebook page
1: called Ishki Mishki because my website is called IshkiMishki.com. I know it's difficult for for Danes to pronounce or remember it, but I will say it again, Ishki Mishki. And uh, then if you go on my blog, there is a link to my Instagram page also. So
0: that is where you can find me and uh, yeah. Thank you for that. And I'll have all these links uh, to her favorite places, also with her website and her social media connected to this episode. If you guys want to connect with her, even have questions about buying a house, if that's even interest to you, um, you can find it on the links on my episode for here. So thank you, Kowal, so much for joining me on this episode and sharing your life uh, in Denmark. Uh, with my listeners and whoever's listening on the radio station and also on um, the podcast. And then we will be connecting again to talk about, you know, maybe house buying. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to that. So thank you. And thank you to the listeners for listening. And don't forget to follow me on social media, a Facebook, Instagram, or even TikTok. I have that. So until next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.